You're listening to Bitcoin and Markets. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. My name is Ansel Linder, and this is Bitcoin and Markets. Going to try out a little bit different format here, just talk about one subject for a shorter period of time and hopefully pump out more episodes. So everybody's talking about the Dow. There's tons of stuff to go over. I'm going to hit on some of the highlights. So let's get started. Okay, so everybody knows that the Dow was hacked. And Ethereum is treating this like it is a mission critical situation. They've jumped in. Uh, they there's transcripts out there about them getting on the uh, on a chat with all of the exchanges and saying we need to halt Ethereum trading now. We need to stop withdrawals. We need to. I mean, just getting big time into the business, saying this will destroy Ethereum. It's kind of scary to see that their their reaction to this was that uh, dire. So what what what's happened since then? Well, they've talked about having a hard fork, a soft fork, or do nothing. That's what Ethereum has uh, or is it currently discussing. Um, a hard fork would be where they reset the time. They reset the blockchain back before the hack took place. And they secure the ether somehow. I don't know. I mean, they might even have to. Why not roll the blockchain back all the way before the DAO? This ex- exploit still is there in the DAO. And how are you going to stop it? Um, uh, you can't change the DAO's code. So you might have to go all the way back before the DAO smart contract was even um, put into the blockchain. I don't know. Then there's a soft fork. And that soft fork is where... They basically just blacklist that address so it could not spend the ether. So they wouldn't take the ether back, roll back the clock. What they would do is they would make it so that that ether is no longer seen as valid by the blockchain. Um, Both of those have very bad precedents. But those are the only two possible ways to save the DAO. And the DAO being the first major application on Ethereum... If it fails in this glorious or fantastic fashion, then, you know, Ethereum is going to be fatally scarred by this. That's my opinion. Um, what, what's happened in the last couple of days now is that they've, they've dreamed up these counterattacks. The, the Slocket team has come out with a blog post saying, we're going to counterattack it in this way. Uh, we're going to kind of like use this stalker attack where they can follow these coins and somehow um, uh, drain the DAO, that, the child DAO. Um, and I don't think that's going to work. Uh, you know, they, they instituted this split. And it's so funny because a lot of the stuff that the DAO put in to their system came from Ethereum's think tank right the a lot of the stuff came from vitalik himself specifically this split so people wanted to put a democracy on the blockchain 
And it was a stupid idea from the beginning. But to to fix some of these problems of the majority, where the majority steals from the minority, where the majority can't just vote themselves all the money, what they what they did was they created this ability to split. And they seem to have forgotten that with this counterattack. Because all this person has to do, this hacker, they just have to split this child DAO again with 100% of the tokens. So... Um, they're not going to be able to catch him, in other words. Even a soft fork, they won't be able to catch him, I don't think, because you'd have to have a soft fork and implement it on the Ethereum blockchain within seven days, or he's just going to split it off to another DAO. The, the last option they have is do nothing and let the DAO die. Uh, the DAO has said that they, publicly they said they're going to close down and try to get everybody their Ether back. Um, we'll see if that comes about. To do that, they would need to have at least a soft fork. Well, no. To do that, they would they would have to have a hard fork to get all of the Ethereum back. But, um, you know, they, they need to have this cooperation from Ethereum. Now, I don't think this hacker... I mean, this hacker is using uh, this these kind of legal terms that the DAO was created on. Um, it was... On the website that the code is law that they are subservient to the code and I think they did that because of actual laws out there on the books from these countries that they were dealing in they had to say that they it's totally autonomous the code is the law and we have no say in it they have to say that to make it a legal entity in itself with these these uh jurisdictions wherever they are these legal jurisdictions well that has been now proven to not be the case and a lot of these slocket people are possibly could go to jail and i really i mean griff green i think is a good guy he's he's a socialist so he's a little bit um immature on these ideas but he i don't think he's a bad guy uh, I do think this Stefan Tool is a bad guy. I think he is very shady. And um, I don't think it was Gavin Wood. It was one of the other uh, co-founders of Ethereum or very high ups that left recently. And he, he said, why wouldn't you work for the Dow and get some money from it? He's like, I would never take a cent from Stefan Tool. So, I mean, there's like all this infighting and these people know that this Stefan Tool is a shady character. I hope, I hope that he never gets to steal anybody else's money. Okay, so was this a hack? Um, it was done within the code, which is in the terms said that code is law. So this, and, and even the hacker put out a statement saying, thank you, Dow. I wasn't going to invest until I found this feature that let me get more ethereum than i thought i w could so i took advantage of this feature so he's saying of course it was it was part of the code it was a feature it wasn't a bug um which is an interesting way to do it very very interesting um of course now just today i think it was they had a counter hack or a they called it a white hat hack and that's where the quote unquote good guys go in and re, you know, do this counter hack. Well, um, they, they got, they quote unquote saved a lot. I'm doing all of these quotes. Um, they saved a lot of DAO 
tokens and ether from the original DAO. Not all of them, because they don't want to shut this original DAO down because they need some of some of its capabilities for the future, uh, their future plans. But they did were able to um, make a certain amount of these uh, ether and the DAO tokens much more secure. But at that time, that same time, they lost another three million ether to hackers that were hacking at the same time that this white hat hack was going on. It's a, it's it's hard to keep straight, but they they're losing this battle. They're going to lose this battle. The only way to fix it is with a fork. And if you fork because of this, you're dead. And if you don't fork because of this, you're probably dead. Now a lot of people are blaming Solidity, which is the language that they're writing these smart contracts in, that they're saying this Turing completeness is a is a bug. Bitcoin is not Turing complete. The reason why that is, is because it shouldn't be able to do everything. The way the, the this architecture of the system is not is not compatible with at least yet is not compatible with these with a Turing complete language. But Ethereum is trying to break the laws of physics, in my opinion, and make it uh, a Turing complete smart contract where anything goes. Because I mean, you have almost unlimited attack vectors at that point. So Ethereum, the Ethereum language is being blamed for part of this. I mean, if it wasn't so complete, it might be more secure. Another aspect of this is, are they going to ever go to proof of stake? They probably will not. They might, um, well, my prediction is they, they will never go to proof of stake and have a billion dollar market cap or greater. So yes, if uh, if Ethereum grinds down to say a hundred million dollar market cap, which is probably where they're going in the next twelve months, in my opinion, they they might be able to get proof of stake going. But at this point, with a greater than a billion dollar market cap, they will never get proof of stake passed or or accepted. Um, Another aspect, too, is if all of these major projects, um, I got an argument with one guy, he's coding some project himself for Ethereum, and he said, oh, this horrible project is now out of the way, and now we can concentrate on these other projects. And I said, that is the only project on Ethereum. What is the market cap of those other projects? What is their current market value? And he said, nothing. Well, of course, there is no market value for Ethereum. There is this potential, but that potential is highly uh, contentious. Whether it's how much potential, whether there is any potential there at all. So, um, yeah, he agreed that there was no market value other than the DAO at this point. And if the DAO goes down, it's like the flagship of this whole thing, and it's going down. Uh, Ethereum will go down with it. So what do I see happening? Well, like I told you, I, I see them maybe bringing up proof of stake in another couple weeks, saying this would help avoid these types of things because it would make forks easier without a centralized party. So right now this Ethereum Foundation is leading up these would have to lead up these forks. But in the future, if you're proof of stake, say with a hundred, um, you know, slots for stake, 
then it would be much easier to convince a hundred people to do these hard forks. So it'd be a little bit more decentralized than the Ethereum foundation and easier to convince than a large group of miners on proof of work. So they might push this proof of stake as being a panacea for these types of problems, but I don't, I don't see it ever getting passed. All right, and the price of Ethereum most likely will keep continue to fall, and uh, they slock it, and the Ethereum Foundation will be made to look a little bit silly. There'll be a lot of infighting, I think, because some of them proposed these vulnerabilities beforehand, like this was possible, and they weren't taken serious, or they were um, whatever. So I can see some infighting happening there. Um, it also happens that a lot of the original founders of Ethereum are in trouble legally, or they probably will be in trouble legally in, in the near future. And the, la and the last really great point that I heard about this whole situation was if Ethereum can fork for this specific reason, what's to stop a government agency from leaning on them to fork for another reason? So if they come to Vitalik and say, you're going to fork for this reason, or you're going to be renditioned to Guantanamo, well, he'll probably fork it. All right, so that's all I have on the DAO at this point, guys. Uh, stay tuned for more updates. Go ahead and listen to my episode five previously to get uh, to see some of the thoughts leading up to this. These ideas, these, these uh, coded democracies, they're not going to last, so... Um, at this point, this whole thing is broken, and I would not be investing in, in DAO or in Ether at this point. You've been listening to Bitcoin and Markets. Please like, subscribe, and we'll see you next time.